0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Then they said to him, who are you? let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said, now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah nor Elijah nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The Gospel of the Lord. through the written word and the spoken word, God help us to hear your living word, our savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my savior. Rejoice, beloveds. Joy is a powerful spiritual force. Joy is central to the third Sunday of Advent known as Gaudete Sunday. Gaudete is Latin for rejoice. We celebrate a Sunday that is centered on joy and I happen to love talking about feelings. If you arrive today feeling lots of things that aren't joy, And even if you do walk in feeling abundant joy, I want to remind you of the beautiful fact that we can experience many emotions all at once. Our canticle for today is Mary's song or the Magnificat names for those first words in her song of rejoicing. In context, this song comes after the angel Gabriel came to Mary to announce her pregnancy and that the Son of God would come into the world through her. Mary responds to these unbelievable words by saying, here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Mary goes to see her family member Elizabeth who is also experiencing a miraculous pregnancy, hers with John the Baptist, Mary and Elizabeth share a moment of deep connection between women, something rarely recorded in Scripture. And then we hear Mary's song. Mary's spirit rejoices in God the Savior. This is the same woman who recently received life-changing news. She has received word that she, a young unmarried woman, is pregnant. She's now in a delicate social position entirely dependent on Joseph's grace and his willingness to believe her and to trust God's word. She's living with a truth that most people will dismiss immediately. Pregnant by the Holy Spirit? Yeah, right. Mary is in a position that is likely distressing, at least to a degree. Nerve-wracking, challenging, exciting, awe-inspiring. It's a lot of things. And I wouldn't blame Mary at all if she felt less than happy about her situation. It's a big load. Being the mother of God is not for the faint of heart. But happiness and joy are two different things. Mary need not be entirely happy with her situation to be filled with great joy. Henry Nouwen speaks of joy. Joy is not the same as happiness. We can be unhappy about many things, but joy can still be there because it comes from the knowledge of God's love for us. Joy does not simply happen to us. We have to choose joy and keep choosing it every day. It is a choice based on the knowledge that we belong to God and have found in God our refuge and our safety, and that nothing, not even death, can take God away from us. Mary chooses joy, she sings praise to God. Mary sings joy and praise with and on behalf of all the vulnerable who will experience a miraculous change through the Savior, Jesus Christ. Mary rejoices in the midst of a precarious social position because she knows that her God stands with those society might reject. Her song is one of rejoicing, and it's also a deep statement of faith. Mary has faith that God will lift up the lowly and fill the hungry. She rejoices because she knows God is around her, with her, within her. And because she knows that God is around with and within all who call upon God's holy name. Throughout his life, I imagine Mary teaching Jesus this kind of faith this faith that can recognize the challenge of a situation while also rejoicing in the glory of God. The Eucharist reminds me of Jesus's faith. On the night before he was handed over to death and he knew this was coming, Jesus still gathered with his friends. He gave thanks to God and he shared in fellowship. Joy must have been present in that meal together, even in the sadness and fear that he and the disciples were feeling. People often comment to me about the fact that I smile while presiding during the Eucharist. And my response is typically that it is the greatest joy in my life to offer that ministry. So I can't help but smile. No matter what's happening in the world or in my life, no matter what is consuming my thoughts or my spirit, the joy of the Eucharist is everlasting. I step up to that table with fellow sojourners and God's joy washes over me. And I choose to step into that joy. I offer praise and rejoicing up to God in the context of this beautiful community. We get to do that together. In the Eucharist, I'm assured of the truth to which Henry Nowen speaks. God is our refuge and safety, and nothing can take God away from us. Our God, our source of ultimate joy is never far away. Our various life situations certainly differ from Mary's, But the principles of her joy are the same. Joy can happen in the same moment with many other emotions, including or perhaps especially those with which joy appears to be in conflict. Take, for example, hanging a stocking on the mantle that you know will remain empty after a death or a separation. It may still feel appropriate to hang that that stocking, maybe even necessary. But it's also a reminder of grief and loss. Somehow this reminder of grief is a source of deep joy in remembering that beloved person. There's a joy and centering that comes with the ritual of hanging the stocking of someone we now miss. Rituals can offer containers for the feelings that we bring, including our grief and our joy. Hanging that stocking is a joyous reminder that death transforms life and relationships, but it does not end them. We often talk about December as a holiday season, but holiday seems to imply break, which December often is not. Our caregiving responsibilities continue or even increase for our children, our spouses, and our parents. Students end their semester with tests and projects. The dishes still pile up and the floor still gets dirty. Medical appointments and procedures are squeezed into those last days of an insurance plan. Mental health challenges can be exacerbated this time of year, and still there is joy. Reminders of God's presence and assurance that we are loved and are bound up in God continue. Perhaps in a little angel in a Christmas pageant, a lit tree in a window or a park, a kind moment between strangers or long-time friends. Like Mary, we can be assured that God is around us, with us, and within us. The never-ending to-do list, the presents left to buy and wrap, the empty chair at a holiday meal, the endless string of events to attend, the demands of year-end work, extra chaos around the house, none of those can take God away from us. Nothing can separate us from the glory of God. And for that, my soul rejoices in God. God is with us. God is bringing joy in the midst of the many feelings that we hold. So today on this third Sunday of Advent and throughout this season and our lives of faith, I hope that you will rejoice, beloveds, rejoice, amen.